Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back by no one's demand but our own. And from our home office here in Elizabeth Park in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee, it is the 615 Sessions brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising, happy to talk with you guys. Sorry that we're a day late coming to you on a Wednesday as opposed to a Tuesday, uh, but Thursday night football has interrupted our schedule. I will be heading down to Jacksonville here in just a little bit, so we had to switch things up for you, but we have a great podcast prepared for you today. On the heels of the Titans' loss to the Colts, I have brought on somebody whose analysis I trust very much. He is one of the foremost authorities on ESPN talking about the NFL right now. He is Dominique Foxworth, former NFL defensive back. You see him now on Get Up First Take the Levitard Show, The Undefeated, on and on and on. But Dominique knows Mike Vrabel very well from their time working together at the Players Union. We'll cover all of those topics over the course of the interview. So without further ado, let's get to Dominique Foxworth of ESPN. Back here on the 615 Sessions, A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Buck Rising hanging out here with you. Very happy to be joined by our guest, Dominique Foxworth. You know him from his time in the NFL as a defensive back. He's now conquering the media landscape. You can see him on Get Up, First Take, The Levitard Show, The Undefeated, and many of ESPN's digital platforms at Foxworth24 on Twitter and at Dominique Foxworth on Insta. Thank you, sir, for stopping by. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's been a while, though. Yeah, it has been a while. Well, I, I listen, Dominic. I try not to hound you guys too often, and everybody has been really good to me, from Gojo to Marty Smith to Mina, and everybody over at the Levitard Network within that family. So I try not to take uh, take advantage of y'all too often, but I'm happy to talk to you guys anytime that I can. Before we get to Titans and uh, Mark, Marcus Mariota and Mike Vrabel. I want you to walk me through your emotions this morning as you witnessed Ryan Clark expertly nuke Paul Feinbaum on national television. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was um, – so I think we all heard what was happening. And, I mean, I can't speak for everybody. I heard it also. And, again, it's nothing – I've done a couple interviews about this already, surprisingly. Um, oh, really? Already this I, morning? <laughs> yeah. I call, I mean, Levitar called me and <laughs> can't say no to that guy. But um, – what Paul said was like, it just seemed like evidence of some unconscious bias. And I, I like Paul personally, so I don't mean to denigrate him in any ways. Uh, I think that's something sometimes we all have unconscious biases, and I have them too. And I think I'm just fortunate that ESPN is a place that has enough voices to be able to call that out because uh, five, ten years ago, something like that would have gone unquestioned. And tens of thousands of people or how many people at home would have 
seen that and been bothered by it and been upset that that ESPN just let it go unquestioned. So I'm just happy that we're at a point now that we have some diverse voices and we always need more because there were no um, there were no women up there at that time. And there is there are sometimes we talk about issues that I think uh, a different perspective would help. So I, I, I'm just happy that we were able to that Ryan was able to. And I heard it, too. I, the reason why I kind of jumped in and and uh, started kind of doing the hype man thing with Ryan was because I knew what he was calling out and I knew it was not an easy thing to to do necessarily. And I wanted him to know that if he wasn't going to do it, I was and I had his his back and that's something. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a whole it's not a new set of checks and balances, it seems uh, for for sports conversations, but it's cool to see people like like Gojo calling out Tim Tebow after Tim right. Tebow said the thing. Oh, man, that sparked- Gojo, man, that 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 uh, thing that Gojo did was just excellent because I think I I reacted emotionally when I saw what Tim Tebow said and just kind of got angry. But Gojo had the weekend uh, to cool off, I guess. I don't know if he was angry or not, but when Gojo kind of dissected what Tim was saying and pointed out like the flaw. And again, the, the bias, it's just bias that leaks in. Like Tim Tebow's experience is different than everybody else's experience. And uh, he's kind of a made man before and after, particularly after. And uh, for him to present it as if anybody who would expect to be compensated for their labor presented as if those people are selfish, this is absurd. So anyway, I, I thought what Gojo did there was fantastic. I'm so proud. No, no question about it. And and for somebody like I'm I'm right around Gojo's age. I'm 26. And for me, it's cool to see the very the, the differences in opinions and to see well, you know, I may have not that not that I what I, what I think of Paul Feinbaum is any less after this morning. I still take Paul Feinbaum uh, to, or taking the information and 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 the knowledge that Paul Feinbaum has, just as I would anybody else, but to see you know somebody push back on him in real time for something that otherwise you know in previous years I may have just taken taken as truth, uh, I really I thoroughly enjoyed that, and Gojo's just another strong example of it, like you're talking about. Okay, let us let us talk about the local professional football team, a less strong performance by the Tennessee Titans than Ryan Clark got up this morning. Uh, what? There are a variety of reasons that they blew the goodwill that they earned week one in Cleveland. But can let's start with the biggest one. And for me, that's Marcus Mariota. Uh, to you, Dominique, what is his most glaring weakness? Because what I saw on Sunday, I can point out a few. I, I think you've probably been watching him more than I have and more closely than I have. And uh, again, I guess this speaks to some... Uh, some biases that I have is my, my bias is towards the player often. And I think Marcus Mariota isn't a perfect player, but he certainly has plenty of strengths that it doesn't feel like. Uh, and it's not just this coaching staff. This coaching staff, I think, has been better the the past ones, but they don't feel like they are playing to him necessarily. And I guess you could argue that you want to keep him safe and you want him to develop into a kind of long-term NFL um traditional type of quarterback, but it doesn't take you long to look up at at Baltimore and see what Lamar Jackson is doing. And Lamar Jackson's a better athlete. Um, And frankly, Lamar Jackson, uh, through college, I think he got the rap as being like a scrambler um, because of a lot of his highlights were big plays. But if you watched him in college, Lamar Jackson would sit through the pocket and go through his reads. His big runs were design runs. He'd scrambled on occasion, but he was never a guy to get out of the pocket quickly. But I just bring up that name because I, I feel like 
Marcus has the tools to be good in this league, and maybe he was a couple years too soon or he landed on some of the wrong coaching staff, or maybe the players around him haven't been, been great. Not to say that he's not that, – that he is uh, not without flaw. He has plenty of flaws, but I, I think the good coaches – and you hear this about Bill Belichick often – is he wants to let you do what you do well. And it doesn't feel like Marcus has, has been given that opportunity. But I, I will say that he's just kind of, to be critical of him, it seems like he's been consistently, or he's been inconsistent with his accuracy over the course of his career. And he's held onto the ball a little bit too long. I'm not sure if that resonates for, for this game this weekend necessarily. But when you say his name, that's what I think of. Certainly. I mean, the, the, the willingness to take sacks, to hold onto the ball too long, to not check it down, even though they're paying Adam Humphreys $9 million a year, they outbid the Patriots for the next, you know, uh, Julian Edelman, it would seem, based on what the, what the Patriots were willing to, right. to try and up their offer to get them away from the Titans. But when I, when I hear you make the Lamar Jackson comparison, and it speaks to kind of Kyler Murray, too, and maybe, maybe we're seeing a trend with the quarterbacks coming into the league, that they are much, much better athletes, but also they are much better in the pocket than people give them credit for. Marcus, I feel like, was before that trend of athletes that have a strong pocket presence. That's where he really seems to struggle. And the, the number of reads that he missed, Dominique, and we've seen him do this over the course of his career, like he seems to struggle with reading defenses. And I've made the comparison to Alex Smith in San Francisco in the past, but that I think would be doing a disservice to Alex Smith because I just don't see Marcus making progress in his uh, in his ability or inability to read the field. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm probably, again, just I'm selling a little, or I'm probably a little higher on, on Marcus because I'm more partial to players in general, but I think you're right. I think it's probably unfair to the guys you named, Tyler, Lamar, you can throw Carson Wentz in there as a, a very good athlete at quarterback, and and um, even Josh Allen. I guess I, I wouldn't give Josh Allen the same type of uh, credit, but those guys are good in the pocket in a way that I don't think we've ever seen Marcus Lee. Even if you go back to college, he was not good in the pocket, but I think both things can be true. Right? I think that he can not be great in the pocket in the same way or be comfortable in the pocket in the same way that a guy like Lamar Jackson is, but he can also – have not been put in the best position. Maybe he never deserved to be drafted as high as he was, given his talent and um, the system and the talent around him at Oregon may have boosted his draft stock. That's possible. But I don't think he's uh, as mediocre, I guess, as, as his stats would suggest. I think he's better than that. And I think given him an opportunity, but I guess he's also been injured quite a bit. So I, I'm not sure. I'm kind of talking myself out of my own defense with Marcus. <laughs> Oh, well, listen, you're probably talked out at this point. I know you did get up this morning and, and people coming at you from all angles on first take has got to wear you out after a while. But let's let's talk quickly about the coaching staff. And I don't want to keep you much longer because I know you're busy. Uh, let's talk about Mike Vrabel. Could you first, before we get to Vrabel and the Titans, can you first tell the audience how you know Mike? Oh, yeah. So Mike and I became um, really close during CBA negotiations because Mike was uh, – an executive committee along with me and prior to the negotiations um gene upshaw died and we went through a search for a new executive director and there was frankly a lot of turmoil within uh our organization there was a lot of um, friction and, and fighting and and uh mike and i really became close during that point we we haven't stayed as close but we became close during that point because i, I frankly saw in him somebody who was 
ethical and had the best interest of the union at mind. And, and uh, I felt myself to be the same way. And I'm not sure that everyone else there had that in mind. A lot of other people, and not just the players, but a lot of staff in the union, I, I felt like at that time were, um, understandably so, were kind of angling because they were concerned about their future. So that's where I came to meet Mike Vrabel. So you're going to be hard-pressed to get me to say anything negative about that guy. No, and it's 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 tough to find something negative to say about Mike. And this yeah. the, the point of this is not to be over overly critical of Marcus Mariota or Mike Vrabel. Mike just happened right. to have some in-game flubs uh, against the Colts that weren't the difference but helped contribute uh, to that. But I guess when you when you talk about Marcus Mariota initially, Dominique, and you mentioned the coaching staff turnover that he's dealt with, Mike was hired by John Robinson to be able to adapt to what Marcus does best in a way that Mike Malarkey and Terry Robisky were never going to be willing to do because they're a different generation of coach. Mike, I think, Mike Vrabel, I think, is somebody who is willing to adapt and willing to take into consideration uh, the 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 players dis, uh, the players' input on what they're running schematically and things of that nature, but sometimes he seems to just miss the mark. Is that just a product of being a, in, in the position that he's in only through one season and now two games? Or is, I, I guess, is the decision-making of Mike Vrabel anything that people should question the way that they are after that game? No, I mean, I think you definitely, the, the, there are some errors that are objective. Like, there are some subjective things. Um, in coaching, and then there's some objective errors. And I think you just, he deserves to be criticized for the errors that are objective. And he knows that. And I, I imagine, I haven't watched his press conferences, but I imagine based on like all the praise that I heaped on him earlier for being a very ethical person, I imagine that he would own up to that behind closed doors. He would all, also own up to it in the media. So I don't think that he is above criticism. And he did rise up to coaching ranks rather quickly, but he was a he played for a long time in a great organization. So I, I think that he deserved the job that he got. But there are some things that you don't learn until you do it. Like we all know that. And I, I am a guilty guilty of being like overconfident in many cases and I can look over at something and think I can do that well. And then when I try to do it, I realize that there are a bunch of little nuances that I didn't know about. So I think that's fair to to um, wonder if that's happened to, to Mike, but I think he's smart enough and good enough that uh, those things will fall by the wayside. He'll he'll adapt and learn and grow more quickly than uh, anybody else. Yeah, the reactions of fans are always going to be on extremes, one side or the other. One more for you quickly on the way out the door. Jalen Ramsey, should they want him to come home to Nashville? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no question about it. I think I don't know what the criticism is of Jalen Ramsey like oh just that he's loud Dominique like we've this is not yeah, the first I mean, athlete yeah he's loud it's not like the things that he's saying out loud are that much of an issue like no. he is holds himself accountable he holds everybody else accountable um you might be annoyed by him pulling up in a Brinks truck or something like that but that's entertainment it's it's kind of foolishness I don't think any coach would actually have a major issue with that and I think him being loud is a good thing. Like anyone who's watched football, you don't have to be on a football team, watch football, particularly watch defenses, is you need a guy like that. Like that guy sets a tone for your team and he sets those expectations. And him calling people out and him holding himself accountable and him will, showing a willingness to take on the, the biggest challenge. And like that stuff, that, that attitude, we talk about culture. I think a lot of people misunderstand what culture is, but part of culture is, is having a good culture is that attitude. And football is a violent, dangerous, scary game. 
And sometimes the people who play it best are going to make other people outside the locker room a little uncomfortable. If you're in a locker room and you're uncomfortable with a guy like Jalen Ramsey, then you're on the wrong team. It'll never happen. The Titans will never trade for him, and the Jags will never send him within the division. But I can hope. Yeah. I can hope. Yeah. <laughs> Dominique Absolutely. Foxworth of ESPN, at Foxworth24 on Twitter, Domin- at Dominique Foxworth on Insta. You can find him all over your televisions, all over your podcast platforms. I heard him last week with Bomani Jones. It's an excellent interview, as always. Dominique, thank you for stopping by. I always enjoy these conversations, and uh, we'll talk again soon. No problem. It was fun. Covered a lot of ground with Dominique Foxworth here on the 615 Sessions. Listen, we do the best podcast out here locally in Nashville. There is no question to me about that. We give you the best guests. We give you them from all over the spectrum, from national analysts, who a lot of you were down on the national media, particularly in the sports media, but there are plenty of knowledgeable knowledgeable people who I am willing to bring on here because I know they will help expand the conversation and help you guys understand what you're seeing better. Sometimes a little outside perspective is good. And so we always like when people like Dominique Foxworth and Mina Kimes and Mike Golick Jr. and Marty Smith and Jason Fitz, all of our friends uh, from ESPN, who I am happy to bring you into our conversations together. Happy to have those guys here on the pod. So shouts to Dominique for his time. Coming up on Friday's 615 sessions, a little different this week because of Thursday night football, travel, uh, and uh, heading down to Jacksonville and the uh, the ability for me to not want to lug all my equipment down to Jacksonville to just to tape a podcast. So Friday on the 615 sessions, we are going to have David Ubbin of The Athletic. He covers the Vols. We're going to do a college football deep dive. Jimmy Wyatt of TitansOnline.com and Tatum Everett of Fox 17. They will be my guest co-hosts, my featured guest co-hosts that we like to bring you here on the 615 Sessions because Jimmy is a massive Vanderbilt fan and Tatum is a massive LSU Tigers fan. They will play at Vanderbilt Stadium this coming weekend. So Jimmy and Tatum, we'll talk a little college football, a little something different for Jimmy Wyatt, but he's looking forward to it. And of course, we'll have your Vols fix in the middle of all of that with David Ubbin of The Athletic. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe so you can get that podcast as well as all of our podcasts. Back in the archives, we've had John Robinson, general manager of the Tennessee Titans. We did not have a Tyreekus call for somebody wanting John Robinson to trade uh, Marcus Mariota for a block of cheese, as I heard happened on the Mike Vrabel radio show on Titans Radio. Uh, I'm sure that was, as J-Rob said, lit. But... We do have we have had John Robinson on this podcast. We've had Kevin Byard. We've had Corey Davis. We've had Rashawn Evans. The list goes on and on and on, as well as our friends like Dominic Foxworth, Mina Kimes, Marty Smith, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Those are all fantastic podcasts, all evergreen for you go for you to go back and listen to. If you rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you find your podcast, make sure you are leaving ratings and reviews wherever they can be left. That being said, I'm Buck Rising, reminding you to stay hot, Nashville. We'll talk to you Friday, remember, right here on the 615 Sessions, brought to you by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com.